Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Points and Penalties. My name is Kevin. With me are my three co-hosts, Jesse, Josh, and Peter. Peter, what are you drinking? Today, uh, tonight, I am drinking a Nickelbrook Brewing Wicked Awesome IPA. Strong beer, New England style. See how it goes? You have to say it like that because, you know, Wicked Awesome, New England. Uh, Josh, what are you drinking? Tonight, boys, I'm going with a Flying Monkey uh, Juicy Ass IPA. <laughs> of course. It is a, is a strong beer as well. It's plump and unfiltered. After the first couple sips, not too shabby. Jesse, what are you drinking? Like Peter, I'm drinking Nickelbrook too, but I'm having Headstock. It's a strong beer as well. Indian Pale Ale. Peter, what's yours? Is mine 7%? What's yours? Uh, it is six and a half. Bitch. Oh, easy there, Tiger. Yeah, I'm six and a half too, boys. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Kevin, what are you drinking? I'm drinking myself today a steam whistle. You gotta love the steam whistle. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> is that at least a tall boy? No, it's it's a small it's a can, small boy. <laughs> small boy. That's why I got four of them with me. Hello, boy. So I guess we're just gonna get jumping into this then or jump in, bud. Well, let's uh let's all go with the thoughts of the, the Super Bowl. Well, it wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Um it was uh pretty much a dominant performance by Tom Terrific and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Like I said, I thought it was gonna be way closer last week in episode two. I had said that I think that it's going to be a one or two point game. Uh evidently I was wrong, uh, although I did choose the correct winner, uh, as did Kevin, uh, Peter, and Jesse. Your picks were uh, for KC to win, and that did not happen. Yeah, we sucked hard. Yeah, I did not see that coming. That was uh, pretty, uh, like Josh said, boring game. Like, I couldn't believe how bad KC's line was. Like, it was just brutal. Like, I have to give respect to Todd Bowles and all the guys on the <laughs> offensive line. Vita Vea. Not Indomitian Sue and uh, Barrett, like just dominant, chasing around Mahomes like crazy. Like I heard also they did like this next gen stats thing where they said for how much Mahomes ran and then through with including sacks and everything like that, he was almost up to 500 yards when scrambling and shit like that. Yeah, 497 yards pre-pass, pre-sack, which is ridiculous yeah. and more yards than uh, more yards prior to the pass or prior to a sack than any other game this season, uh, which is pretty crazy. Well, the turf toe had something to do with that. Don't you think? Well, no. Cause he was running around. Like that's, that's how like much of a competitor I think mm -hmm. Mahomes is, is that it, he needs surgery in the off season to fix the, fix the turf toe. So it's, it was pretty impressive. One of the other things that wasn't impressive on his part was the guy never on between a third down or fourth down did not have a completion until like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Hmm. Like I agree. The line was just God awful and Tampa was coming after them, but he's got to make a play. And like, that was one of the things too, is like, like his incompletions look like highlight reels. <laughs> yeah. The way he was throwing that fucking ball, man. Like, Holy crap. Yeah, at one point he was horizontal when he threw the ball. Yeah. Per yeah parallel with the field yeah. and he sidearms it and it, hits the guy in the face mask yeah. and it would have been a first, it would have been a first down too. I think it may have been tipped, but still 
almost got caught in his face mask, but man. Touching on the, uh, the pressure that, that uh, Tampa was getting, they got 29 QB hurries, 27 of them were from just their front four. They only blitzed twice in the whole game. Yeah. So that's crazy to be able to get that kind of pressure consistently. Now, like you said, the, the, uh, the KC offensive line, they were down uh, essentially four starters from the start of the year. I think one guy went out last week or sorry, the previous week against the bills. And then that, therefore that, that switched up basically three different positions. You had a new guy come in and then a couple other guys switched spots you know, we're going from guard to tackle or vice versa. Yeah, they, they moved like the right tackle over to left tackle and they moved their guard to right tackle and brought someone in to play guard or some shit like that. Yep. It seemed like a lot of moving parts that Andy Reid tried to do there. But I mean, if you're, if that's all you can do, that's all you can do, right? I mean, we don't know. Well, why wouldn't you just put like your third swing or your swing tackle in at, at LT and then leave everything else where it was? Because you got chemistry on that side, right? Fair enough. Then you're only, then you only have to, to uh, shore up one side maybe you just constantly keep your running back on that side to to block yeah. that extra guy or whatever or or, or another tight end or, or tight something end, like yeah that. yeah so Mahomes said that uh it was his worst beat in a very long time it is the first time a Mahomes led team has failed to score a TD since high school <laughs> uh, which is crazy yeah and also his first loss as a starter in the NFL by more than 8 points yeah, more than one score. Oh, he was a fr- yeah. he was a he was definitely a frustrated boy. That's for sure. You can tell on his face. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was interesting. So he Mahomes ended up twenty six or forty nine, two hundred and seventy yards, mo- mo- most of which were in the last you know quarter or so. Uh, two picks and only a forty nine point nine QBR, and he had uh, he ended up with thirty three rushing yards, which was second on the team to uh, Hilaire, who had sixty four. Other stat-wise, you had Kelsey, 10 catches for 133. He did him. That's pretty uh, pretty typical for Kelsey. Just usually he gets at least one touchdown. And then Tyreek Hill was 7 for 73. And he almost scored a touchdown, but to no avail. <laughs> and then you get to the GOAT. The good old MVP. Fifth time. Unbelievable. <laughs> How does that make you feel, Kev? Sick to the stomach, man. <laughs> Honestly. But, hey, he unbelievable the guy's seventh lombardi trophy it's just unreal I mean, yeah i think the, the most goat goat discussion is over yes for at least for 20 years yeah for sure yeah for sure seven time champ 10 appearances five time mvp as a reason i couldn't go against him picking him he's he's clutching in the super bowl and the playoffs really but super bowl especially well especially going through through the all road games except for the Super Bowl, shockingly, which first time ever. Yep. And um, they, he went through Breeze and Rodgers to get there, which is something in itself as well, all on the road. I know the stadiums aren't packed there, but, man, that was uh, that's quite a feat to do in a playoff run to go through those quarterbacks, and then including Mahomes. But, you know, you sit there and I don't think, honestly, I don't think this will ever happen again where you're going to have a starting quarterback or a, or a quarterback play at home and win. It's, I don't think that you'll ever see that again. LA's not going to do it this year. Yeah, that's it's that rare not, for sure. It ain't going to happen. Buddy, I'm putting money on them being in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> don't put too much, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep it low. Well, I, I think they're going to be there. I don't, I don't see a reason why they wouldn't be. 
So I don't know what you guys thought of, of the game at, start, at the start. I thought KC looked like they were sort of beating themselves at the beginning of the game. They just looked like whatever they could do to hurt themselves, take an untimely penalties or drop balls on third down, whatever. They just sort of hurt themselves out of the gate, it looked like to me. And then after that, Tampa's defense shut them down and Brady marched the field a couple of times and that was it. Well, if you saw they uh, panned over to to Brady after the field goal, first field goal to, for, for KZ to go up 3 nothing, and he's he's got this he pissed. pissed off face looking at him and and that was it. That was it. That was he, it. he turned it on. And I mean, really, Brady did well, but the defense won that game. Yeah. That was that was Todd Bull's defense. And and like like you said, they they hurt themselves in the beginning, Peter, with a couple of penalties, but like it was they were ticky tacky kind of calls like that. Like usually yeah. in the playoffs, you don't you don't see that stuff. And especially the narrative of uh the NFC championship was that they were letting them play. And then they called the one incidental contact. It was holding in the NFC championship game. And then that was green Bay never got the ball back at the, and it gave him a first down and everything like that. But that was the only questionable call. But then when you take a good look at it, like the guy was holding him like crazy. And then this one, there was, it was pretty ticky tacky for like, I'm not saying they weren't penalties, but some of them were, could have been, it could be more egregious, but yeah. what, I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, cost them an interception, cost them a few stops on third down. It was a touchdown at the end of the half. Yeah, and they led led in the penalties, right? I mean, oh, as yeah. regards like the yeah, I think most yards most? most yards ever in a Super Bowl. Yeah, they were like almost over 100 yards at halftime. Yeah, in penalties, like it was a lot. So Brady was 21 for 29, 201 yards, three touchdowns, and a 125.8 QBR. Which isn't half bad for a Super Bowl. That's pretty um, good. So Brady and Gronk pass Joe Montana and Jerry Rice for most TDs in a playoff by a duo. So they now have 13, and they both said they're coming back next year. So who knows? Tom is the second QB in history to win Super Bowl with two different teams. The only other person is Peyton Manning. And he's the first QB to win a Super Bowl in each conference. Wow. He now owns, I believe it was uh, 15 Super Bowl records of all varieties from passing attempts to passing completions to yards. You know, there was a few other, I, I can't remember all of them offhand. Uh, and then there was a few like per game. So I think he had the most yards, I believe, in a, in a Super Bowl game. And I think that was against Kev's Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was two of them that were game game records and and uh like not all times rule just one game and they're two of yeah. two out of the three were against atlanta <laughs> sorry kev no you're not well it might have been against philly because he threw over 500 yards against philly yeah philly was one of them yep that yeah. was another one yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah like I, I he should own all the records he's like the next closest person that has been to that many super bowls is elway at five yeah and he's at 10, yeah. so he's double the amount of the next yeah, person. Yeah, the all-time the all-time records for sure he should own. So yeah. But. And every other regular season. <laughs> yeah. Like the only the only one he's really chasing right now is yardage against Breeze. Yeah, and it seemed more and more like Breeze is going to be retiring. So Oh, I don't think he's coming back. Right. So so therefore, so he's so Tom's already got the the touchdowns and then should should easily surpass the yards next season. So yeah, yeah. So Gronk had two uh, had six catches for 67 yards and two TDs. The first one was an easy walk-in. 
and it was it was kind of nice to see just because those two guys hooking up again and you can actually cheer for them this time stupid new england yeah leonard fournette 89 yards touchdown ronald jones had 61 yards a lot of those came in the fourth yard or fourth quarter sorry and the guy that was missing in the uh nfc championship antonio brown caught five for 22 yards and a touchdown the move for the touchdown was pretty sick yeah Absolutely. That was a that was some. He he broke his ankles and was white and boxed him out. Like it was, I was pretty impressed with that play. And the one guy that I kept saying that uh, Tom needed to get involved was uh, Mike Evans, and he had one catch for thirty-one yards. So evidently they didn't need him, but uh, <laughs> I, I figured he was the guy they needed to get involved right away. Yeah, but he had a lot of penalty yards. Right. And defensively, uh, Tampa had three sacks and those two picks of uh, of Mahomes and. And uh, like I said, 27, 27 to 29 hurries all from the front four, which is pretty impressive. One of those picks, I actually called it. I mean, I, I took a look at his face. He looks so frustrated. And I go, the guy's going to throw a fucking interception. And did he not on the, the second one, I believe it was, tossed it up and then it just start deflected and intercepted. Yeah, it was, uh, like I said, it wasn't the most exciting Super Bowl, but it was, Nice to be able to cheer for Tom for once and to see him pull out his seventh. And uh, like you said, Jesse, he, there's no question about it. He's the GOAT. My question then to you guys, kind of just to, to wrap this up, is Tom the greatest athlete or is he just the greatest football player? It's so hard to, to judge across sports. It's so hard. So let's just let's just say use your uh, championships as, as your basis. You've got, obviously, Tom has seven. You've got Mike with six. Uh, LeBron's got four and then you've got a plethora of, I mean, hockey is completely different because you got, uh, I believe it's Henri Richard has 11 Stanley cups. That's maybe a little harder to compare. What about Bill Russell? He is, he's got like the most, uh, NBA championships. That's what's he had. He's 11. That include coaching though. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. That I don't know. I, I thought Jordan had the most, but. I could definitely be wrong. You know what, Jesse? I'm going to challenge you just because. Boom. Bang. So I I think Jordan's got the most as a player. Peter, you looking it up? Yeah. Says you're 11. But as, as, as coach, though, again, I mean, was he coaching and winning or was it just as a player? I think it was as a player. 11 titles during his 13-year playing career. That's outrageous. Okay. Well, minus one. So I think that Brady is more of a goat than Jordan because he was able to go to take his winning culture from uh, New England to Tampa Bay. In his first season there, he got a Super Bowl title and he did all road games in the playoffs to get there. Whereas Jordan could not, he, he went to, was it the Wizards? Yeah, and he he didn't did he I don't even think he got in the playoffs. Made him a better team though. Well, yeah, he, I'm not saying he's not a super he's not a superstar. I just think that he's more of a. Goal. That's where we get into. I mean, I don't think you can compare, you know, basketball to baseball, baseball to hockey, hockey to football. I mean, you should all think. I mean, Gretzky is he the really the best in the NHL? Probably not, but he's the goat. I think he's the best in the NHL. I think he's the best. Yeah, me too. Wayne Gretzky has more assists than any NHL player has points. Like he's hundred percent. He's the best. 
Now, does he have the most cups? Absolutely not. But right. So I mean, it's just I, I don't think you can compare sports to sports. Let me throw this one out at you. Serena Williams went forty and one in Grand Slams, and in twenty oh two and twenty oh three, I believe it was forty and one. Is she the best? You know, greatest athlete of all time. Like that's <laughs> that's up there. Only if she went forty one and all. That one loss. <laughs> Uh, I got no tennis uh, knowledge. <laughs> oh, I'm just using that as an example. I mean, you but know, there's, you never there's hear, all kinds of... You never hear anything about a goat in tennis. She's got to be the Fed- closest Federer. or Federer, like for, yeah. for the men. Those two got to be goat goat for males and goat for females, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah you could throw in people like Michael Phelps, too. He's just like yep. fucking dominant swimmer. and Like, it's, yeah, it's so hard to compare across sports. Yeah, but I think what he's asking about it was like like the four major sports, more or less. Yeah, pretty well. Even that, it's still so hard to compare across sports. I tried, Josh. So hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> you could go into the argument with LeBron. Like, look, he's won championships all over the place. Yep. Now he's far. He's behind. And a bitch. I don't. I, I kind of agree with you guys. It's it is kind of hard to, to, to compare all the different sports and you know who the who the goat is in this sport comparing to that goat. But there is no question about it. And if anybody says any different, they're dumb. But Brady is definitely NFL's goat. There's no question about it. No question. I used to be on Team Manning better than Brady like, 15 years ago or something, but uh, yeah, I was wrong. I think that's what he he did. He proved everyone wrong here. Yep, yep. absolutely. Fucker. Okay, so the Hall of Fame class includes Manning, C. Wood, or Charles hey, Woodson, or Charles Woodson, Megatron, aka Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, Alan. What was his name? Alan. Fis- Alan Fanica. Fanica. Okay. Drew Pearson, Bill Nunn, Tom Flores, and like I was saying before, I think. Um, I think Megatron shouldn't have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Why? Well, there's Tory Holt there who's been waiting for a while. Megatron is better. Let me just bring up some statistics here, bud. Tory Holt had six seasons of 1,300 yards. Mr. Calvin Johnson only had, it was six straight seasons. Calvin Johnson only had. One, two, three, four. He has the the biggest thing, and he he didn't win any playoff games. Like that's one of the big things about getting the Hall of Fame is is winning those big games and everything like that too. But he was in Detroit. Detroit never wins playoffs. <laughs> it's an unfair cr- criteria for him. Yeah, but that's part of the criteria getting in. Like I don't think he's a bad player. He holds the record for the most yardage in NFL season. He led the league twice in receiving yards Torrey Holt did it twice too Torrey Holt's just a lower name because he had Isaac Bruce across from him too but still six straight season of 1300 yards is pretty freaking good between how often injured Warner was and Bulger was injured a bunch too like Calvin Johnson did it with with Stafford obviously who's like I said last podcast I think he's a he's a top 10 quarterback probably top six arm at least 
I, I personally, that's what I personally think. I don't think he, I'm not saying he shouldn't get in. I think he, he shouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Megatron was likely doubled on every play of every game. Tory yeah. Holt wouldn't have been with Isaac Bruce across from him, right? Not every every play. I mean, right. you know, there there's they got to throw that in there if you're beating two guys every time. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really know. I haven't didn't look too much into Megatron. I just saw him was you know, hey, look, Megatron got in, but. You know, I think that kind of has some would have a little bit to do with it, but there, there's all kinds of stuff that, like I said, that's a requirement. I mean, evidently they overlooked the playoff, making the playoffs and winning a playoff game <laughs> in this instance, right? Because they know so, it's Detroit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> but still, you should like. I get that it's Detroit, but just don't make him a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, whereas like he's not even sniffing close to like he's like top twenty three in in touchdowns. And stuff yeah, like but that. Like he, re- he retired early. Don't forget he retired really early. Yeah, that's not a, that's not anyone's fault but his own. Okay, fine, but he could have done what what everyone else is doing. And plus, receivers were like known to be argumentative and want to get trade well into it when he was his uh, during his time. So why didn't he do that? Uh, who knows? Who knows what his personal reasons were? Like, I may be a bit off base with this, um, but like I think. I think probably him and Randy Moss are probably the top two most talented receivers ever. Maybe I'm off saying that, but you are fucking wet. Someone challenge him. Someone challenge that guy. I disagree, man. Jerry fucking Rice. Yeah, there's a guy named Jerry fucking Rice that owns like all the records. No, I know because he had he had the longevity and he had uh, Steve Young and uh, Montaigne. Joe Montaigne. Joe Montaigne. (laughs) Like it's. he didn't play very long, and I don't know. He Chose just seemed like it. he's like if you had to draw what a perfect receiver would look like, I think it would look like a lot like Megatron. Right, but that he's a freak of of an athlete, six oh, exactly. five, exactly, ran like a four four or whatever. Like just like he was impossible to cover. That's why he had to be doubled all the time. I, I don't know. Like I, I I think like I said, he's a great wide receiver. I still think Jerry Rice was a better wide receiver, but. First ballot, it seems like a lot for nine seasons with no playoff wins. So is the only, I didn't look at the uh, the ballot prior to them voting. Is there another player, you know, maybe excluding Tory Holt, that was on that list that would have been a, a better fit? Uh, there was one. I can't remember, but I, I just paid attention to the Tory Holt one. Of course you did. Stupid yeah. Rams fan. <laughs> Fuck, man. He's part of the greatest show on turf. He's still waiting to get in there. He must not have been that great then. <laughs> this guy coming. What what receivers does the Bears ever get? We have the grass. Esther? You got Esther? <laughs> we don't we don't do offense. We do defense. <laughs> That's been serving you good for your whole lifetime, eh, bud? <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, nothing good come out of Chicago since 1985. <laughs> Um, so sticking with kind of the uh, Hall of Fame and award winners, uh, we had Rodgers as the MVP. We had Aaron Donald as Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Derek Henry as Offensive Player of the Year. Russell yeah. Wilson won the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Justin Herbert run the Rookie of the Year and Offensive Rookie of the Year. Chase Young won the Defensive Rookie of the Year. And Alex Smith, which I think was a no-brainer for everybody, was the Comeback Player of the Year which is crazy to come back from a life-threatening injury to come back and be playing and play a playoff game. 
He did, but he didn't play. He didn't make it. He didn't play that trade. It was a calf injury. Heineke played. Yeah, that's right. It was a calf injury. That's right. That's right. Yes. Who actually gave like Brady the biggest run for his money in the playoffs? It looked like. Well, maybe Breeze a little bit. Breeze had a lead at one point, but he still threw three picks. (laughs) Well, gents, we finally got a big signing in the MLB after George Springer. Trevor Bauer finally signed with a team. Ended up signing with the Dodgers for three years, 120 million. How do you guys feel about that? That's a lot of money. A lot of money. Yep. 40 million this year, 45 million in 2022, and then 17 million in 2023 with opt-out clauses after the first two years. It's a lot of money. He's been he's been good for the last two years. So like amazingly good. So and he's done it in two separate lo- locations too. So like and he's going to a superstar team in the Dodgers. So, like, all he's just going to be good. Dodgers repeat. Could be. They are the favorite right now. I believe yeah. the Dodgers are – I can't remember what, what the line is on them. 375, 375 plus 375 for the Dodgers. So, I'm not sure what the next, uh, next team is. But that's pretty solid. And, I mean, they have a very good chance to win it again. Well – very like, good look at their starting lineup or starting rotation even just at uh <laughs> just one and yeah, two like kershaw yeah, yeah. bueller david price trevor yeah. now and they got dustin may who's supposed to be pretty good like and tony gonsolin who's a rookie yeah, too. like they got some young talent mixing with some middle and is price the oldest one i think he is yeah likely yep now they lost uh, Kike Hernandez and Jock Pedersen. I really don't think that's going to be no, too hard they, to fill those roles the, up. Those so. guys were rotational guys. So it's another uh, another one of those things where the the player went to his hometown over picking more money. Apparently, the Mets had offered more uh, and more in guaranteed money, but he decided to go to his hometown. Basically, he uh, was brought up in North uh, North Hollywood and went to U- UCLA. So. Uh, it's kind of a homecoming for him. So once again, we saw that uh, with John Tavares coming to Toronto. We saw that with Kawhi going to the stupid Clippers, <laughs> which are doing too well. And it, it just seems to be uh, it seems to be more more reoccurring that these superstars, when they have the option, are are going to their hometown. You know, like uh, Pichu Angelo there in in St. Louis. There was lots of talk about him coming to Toronto because he's from the area and whatnot. Obviously, that didn't happen. But again, it's just more and more where people are players are wanting to go home to play and and some will take a pay cut hey why wouldn't you especially in like the Leafs situation where you know they've got to be one of the most popular teams in the league you know people want to come and play I mean I don't I don't like the Clippers so I think it was stupid for Kawhi to go there but he's not going to go to he's not going to go to the Lakers with AD and uh and LeBron and be a third fiddle there so so yeah so the 102 million dollars which like I said puts them 40 million next year Puts the Dodgers well into the luxury tax. Uh, I believe the luxury tax is something like, I can't remember exactly, but I want to say 270 million or something per year. And they're well into that. So they'll be paying for, you know, teams like Miami and they'll be giving them some cash. But Jesse, as you said, Bauer was uh, pretty good. He won a Cy Young last year, 1.73 ERA, 100 strikeouts in 73 innings and a 0.79 whip, which is pretty good. It was with Cincinnati last year, right? Yes. Yeah. Like they brought in a lot of players last year and they didn't do a whole lot. I think they got the playoffs. Did they not? I brought, probably they did with the expanded, I think. Yeah. maybe. But yeah. they, 
they brought in a lot of players and he was really the only one that did really, really good. I thought. Yeah. Nick uh, Castellano did well at the beginning when he first started out uh, with, with Cincy, but then kind of dropped off. Uh, so sticking with the Dodgers and the only other, uh, as far as I know, the only thing that they're kind of looking at now for major signings would be maybe Justin Turner. But now that they've spent $40 million this year on Trevor Bauer, it's likely going to make it very difficult to sign Turner. Who's looking for a four-year deal. Yeah. And you know, he's, he wants money. So that's, that's a lot of years for a guy his age though. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, he's good, but I don't think he's that good. Like, especially defensively, like he, cause he's got a stick for sure. But is he that great defensively? He's good, but I don't think he's great. Yeah. And how long will it last? He's like 36. Right. Yeah. Like he's, he's old for sure. Like, you know, he's not quite Kevin, but he's up there. No, not close to Kevin. Not close to Kevin. He's, he's close to me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Other free agent signings in the world of baseball. Uh, just to run on them quickly. We had Marcelo Zuna, who we, I talked about previously, I believe. Um, and he re-signed with, with Atlanta, four years, $64 million. He's likely going to man a, an outfielding spot for them next, probably, probably left field. I would think. I thought he would be a DH candidate. He could be a DH for sure. I, I'm sure he'll, he would do uh, you know, spells as DH and maybe he ends up being a fourth outfielder type thing. Um, I have, I haven't really looked at their depth chart since uh, the signing so i can't really tell you who's there other than a but he's so. in the nl so oh they, right. i don't think they've agreed to because no. it's still up in the air they have they haven't said no or, or yes on it because i know peter said something about it but then i looked into it and i don't I, there's not any confirmation yet no nothing definitive yet. yet from from what i've heard my understanding is that the players want it but the league doesn't the the, the universal dh that is and i think that's and that just goes back to the old school mentality of baseball is they like the way shit was before yep uh shortstop carlos correa avoids his arbitration and signs 11.7 million dollars with houston i have since heard that they are now working on a long-term contract for obviously for the next few years this guy's pretty damn good at shortstop so it's not a bad thing uh, to shore up your middle infield you've got altuve on the one side correa on the other if you can sign him for a handful of years that, that shores up the middle uh, second baseman Jonathan Scope, or as we like to call him, Jonathan Scoop. <laughs> he rejoins the Tigers on a one-year, four and a half million dollar deal. This isn't a real big signing. This guy is mediocre at best. He had a couple good years with Baltimore, but that was pretty much it. So nothing crazy there. And the only other thing to date, as far as I know, since last week, Texas Rangers traded shortstop Elvis Andrews and a minor league catcher, as well as a, bag, a duffel bag of money, 13 and a half million to the A's for Chris Davis and two prospects, the prospects uh, from what I saw and even that minor league catcher going the other way are really nothing, nothing crazy. So um, it's basically Elvis Andrews and 13 and a half million for, for Chris Davis. And, you know, these guys are, these guys are all right. Career wise. Andrews has a 274 average. He's hit 76 home runs, 636 RBIs and 305 steals. Chris Davis is obviously a slugger, so he's not going to have any steals. I think he has like 19 steals in his career or something like that. Uh, but he hits 243. He's hit 218 homers and only 580 RBI, which I thought was was low for how many home runs he's hit. He hasn't done much recently. No, like he's been pretty pretty bad. <laughs> tell you the truth for a home run hitter as of lately. And I mean, he's he kind of after he he was traded to uh, 
to Oakland or, or sorry, he might not have been traded whenever he went to Oakland, whether he was signed or traded from, I believe Baltimore, he really hasn't done much. I'm going to challenge you there, Josh. He was not with Baltimore. Damn it. He's with Milwaukee. Hmm. Hmm. Fuck. I guess I'm minus two. I think of the other Chris Davis, the, the, the white guy. Oh yes, yes I am. <laughs> Chris Davis with a C, yeah, that, not yeah, with a K. Exactly. Yeah. Damn it! Caught on the technicality. It's Son still Chris Davis, goddamn it! How do you know which one I was talking about? <laughs> yeah, Chris Davis with a K has good years with uh, uh, Oakland, and then he traded him at pretty much his lowest point too. But I, I like I like uh, Andrews. Uh, he's or yeah it's Andrews Andrews and he's uh, I think he's like 30 something or something like that Andrews so he's gonna be hopefully like he the way I see that he plays is 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 a good bat and good defense but he he's for a shortstop so I think uh, Oakland won this trade tell you the truth plus all that money yeah I think so too I mean they're likely going to keep Davis as probably a DH, I would think. And to have a guy that really hasn't done that much from a D, you know, from DH being a power guy. To me, it just seems like a weird trade for Texas, but because they got Gallo there too, don't they? Yep. So hmm. whatever, it's Texas. I don't care about them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On to the NHL. Uh, so Wayne Simmons. So he got into a nice fight with Jordy Ben on Saturday night. That was after, uh, let's call it a gray area hit on Quinn Hughes, probably a dirty hit, which, you know, I didn't hate because Kerfoot took a similar hit earlier in the game, which was not called at all. And yeah, so him and Jordy Ben went at it. It was a good fight, went on for a while. And then uh, later in the game, he's out for... uh, he played most of the game. He scored two goals, I think, that game. And then he didn't play in the last five minutes or so. And nobody thought anything of it until we found out yesterday that he's out for six weeks with a broken wrist, which I am led to believe is from a blocked shot and not from the fight. Uh, but who really knows? They don't give us that much information. Uh, so that sucks. Sucks to lose Wayne Simmons. He was the the heart and the grit of the team, it seemed like, this year. So we'll see who, if anyone, will step up into that role while he's out. Kevin's boy, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's good to be able to sit there and have an enforcer on a team. Everybody should have an enforcer on a team. That's old school hockey, man. Well, Damn right. Yeah, and that's where they're so hard to find now because you got to have enforcers that can play the game. For sure. That can, that can score a little bit, too. Yeah. Did you see that snipe? Did you sit there and did that little pick in the corner? It was, that beautiful. was amazing. Beautiful. Beauty. So this guy threw 13 punches before Jordy Ben got one off in that fight. <laughs> I know. It, it honestly <laughs> looked like Wayne Simmons just dominated him. I was just, I couldn't believe when I'm watching him, I'm like, holy shit, this guy, how has this guy not been knocked out yet? <laughs> I'm also impressed you found that stat. I don't know who watched it and counted, but I counted. <laughs> well, after I saw it, I'm like, that's crazy. How like there was a bunch there and I counted them out. I'm like, wow, 13. <laughs> Like, Josh, I watched that fight a few times, too, but I wasn't counting punches. <laughs> I'm just like, you yeah, get him. <laughs> and, and did you not all get excited about that? Right. So 
I think everybody should have an enforcer on a team and they should all wear different kind of helmets so they know you're an enforcer, I'm an enforcer, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. And that's just the way it is. Yeah, I, don't, I almost feel old school. I don't know if you need to have a different color helmet, but <laughs> I think you should definitely put different color helmets in regards to who your enforcers. Well, and stuff when you're going into the game, you know who the guy is that you're going to fight. Obviously, but yeah, like when when the Leafs went into Detroit and played Detroit, and it was Bob Probert and Ty Domi, you knew who Bob Probert and Ty Domi were. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. But I mean, that, that's again, that's old school. You got him to wear red jerseys, like quarterbacks in our practice yeah there you go yeah. that's that's the exact opposite of what i mean yeah <laughs> and All that right. throws throws out the red teams they're no longer allowed <laughs> to wear their jerseys so yeah okay um so toronto paid the canucks twice over the past whatever it is three four days uh they're playing again right now as we're recording this they're up one nothing and about halfway through the second and even though they're getting dominated in shots, shots are 21 to five for Vancouver and the score is one, nothing Toronto. That's hilarious. Wow. Toronto's trying to beat them with their B team. <laughs> <laughs> trying to give them a chance, I guess. Um, so Spezza had a hat trick on, uh, on Saturday or actually, no, that was the game before on Thursday night. I want to say eighth of his career. I think with eight different teams. Is it really eight different I teams? So. I think I heard that. Wow. Maybe not. Old man is still getting it done. It's good to see. Yes, Kev, I called him an old man, even though he's younger than you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Matthews now, is uh, he's got goals in seven straight games leading into tonight. Uh, he now is uh, leading the league in scoring, uh, right on track for a uh, Rocket Richard trophy. Knock on wood. And... Uh, Things are looking good for the Maple Leafs. First place, I think, in the league right now. Not by points percentage, but by points. Because there's some weird outliers right now, like Florida, who's played like six games. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all the postponements, right? Yeah, exactly. Which, by the way, haven't affected the North Division yet, because Canada's doing COVID better than the States. Just want to throw that out there. Shocker! <laughs> <laughs> In other news, Alexander Ovechkin climbs to seventh in all-time goals. He's about 180 behind Gretzky. Passes Mike Gardner at 708. And up next is Phil Esposito at 717 goals. Um, so he's likely to pass that this season. And uh, I think there's a few others that he'll likely catch this year, assuming uh, all goes well for him. Do you think he can beat Gretzky? No. No. He would need, at, at this, he's 180 or so behind, so he would need, what's that? That's like... Four seasons, five seasons? Yeah, probably five seasons at... At the same pace he's been doing. Uh, yeah, I don't, and he's, I don't know how old he is now, but he's 34, 33, 34, something like that, probably. Yeah, I think so. So it's it's not like it's impossible, if he, and he probably will play, like, because he's a pretty big guy, he might do the Yager thing, right? Yeah, he's thirty-five. Ov, thirty-five. Yeah. So, play play to his forty. He he might be able to reach it, but he's got to keep this pace of scoring right. Like, usually yeah. you you hit a hit a wall at some point. And you don't score this much. But he but he shoots a lot too. But he's got a, quite a shot too. So as long as they keep putting guys around him that'll pass him the puck, I, I think he should uh, keep the pace up really. But I still don't see him passing them. Not Gretzky. Yeah, no, he's got a long way to go. 
like a lot of his goals now are sort of standing still in the power play in his office. Uh, yeah. But I think still some of his goals are coming from speed off the rush. And as he starts to get older now, he's going to start slowing down, losing a step. And More injuries. That'll probably affect his production somewhat. I think he'll get close. I think he'll get within like 50, but I don't think he gets there. I don't see it either. So Josh is the only one with the hot take for... Well, I'm not sure if he'll get there. I I would have to look at... I don't know. I'll have the numbers up in front of me, but that's just a question. I mean, if he's only 185, like I said, that's four years at 50 goals and he he, uh, surpasses them, right? Now, when was the last time somebody scored 50 goals in a season? It doesn't happen too often. Like Matthew should have done it last year. Matthew's a lot younger. I think... I think the real tragedy of a veteran's career is that he's not going to make it, but he's going to have his first season he missed because of a lockout, full season. He missed half a season in 2013 because of a lockout. He has a shortened season this year and a partially shortened season last year. And I bet if all four of those years were full seasons, he would have got there no problem. There's your hot take. Such is life that uh, all those things happened during his career and – I don't think he's going to get there because of it. Okay, so Sam Bennett was a healthy scratch back uh, earlier this week. He's back in the lineup now, and he has requested a trade. He's looking for a fresh start out of Calgary. Uh, he was fourth overall back in 2014, but he uh, he hasn't come close to living up to that draft caliber, I guess you would call it. He's got 12 points in 52 games last season, and he's got uh, two points this season, a goal and an assist. So, you know, he's a, he's a bottom six forward. He's a grinder, and he's looking out of, out of Calgary. We'll see if it uh, what they can get for him. What are the chances that the Leafs pick him up? Probably slim. He's got like something like a $2.5 million salary hit, salary cap hit, and uh, that's outside of the budget of the Maple Leafs. I just heard that they – you know, it might make sense for, for them to bring a guy like Bennett on. Yeah, I think he'd be an all right player to have in the lineup in the bottom six, but I don't think they can afford him in terms of salary. Uh, and that's all we have for NHL. Um, so on to the NBA. Kevin Durant in the game against the Raptors. On Played again, for... off again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He wasn't going to play, and then he played, and then he got pulled, and I don't know if we know the full story yet, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's very confusing on the the protocols there and what exactly happened. Well, I believe the test came back on uh, the, the lady, and that's why they, well, positive, and that's why they pulled him. But if it was positive, how many other people did he sit there having contact? The whole entire Raptors team, I guess. I don't know. So, so he had a close contact with a positive test, right? That's yes. that's what we understand, yep. And I guess... Um, they said he wasn't going to play and then that he's out for the game and then they brought him back to the bench and then put him back in. And he played the entire the first quarter or some shit like that. And he played the almost the entire second quarter and then he went into the third quarter. He came out or he went to the third quarter and played a bunch. And I don't, I can't, I'm not seeing where he got yanked again. I thought it was the fourth quarter, but I could be. It was a, no, it was, it a was the third quarter again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. When he chucked the water bottle. Yeah. Yeah. So because this person had a positive test, he was in the vicinity, I guess he was allowed to play because they were waiting for this person's test to come back. 
then he was pulled from the court because they thought that it was a positive. Then for whatever reason, they decided that he could come back and play, even though that they had potentially come, you know, he had potentially come in contact with a positive person. And then they yanked him again because it had, you know, been confirmed that, that he was close to a close contact with a positive test. You know, the league had said that, you know, under the league's health and safety protocols, we do not require a player to be quarantined until a close contact has confirmed a positive test. So, like, I don't understand why he came back the second time if they already yanked him out because of this, you know. And, and like you said, Kev, how many, how many people did he potentially expose, let, let, assuming that he now, you know, potentially has it from has this it. person? Let, that's just an assumption. But like I said, how many people are potentially exposed? You've got both teams. You've got all the coaches, all the staff on the team. You have all the staff in the buildings. I mean, obviously this can happen to anybody at any time and it doesn't necessarily just KD, but you know, I think the NBA needs to get their shit together when it comes with this, like yank the guy out. It's one thing. Okay. You pull him because, because he has a potential uh, COVID case. Fine. Leave it at that. Yank him. And he sits on the bench for the rest of the game. If you fucked up and he didn't, oh, well, you know, it is what it is, but to bring him back and then to pull him again is it's asinine. It's absolutely asinine. Yeah. It was at this point, it doesn't look good on the NBA either way. Either he's fully negative and fully clears, and it was he was never exposed, and they still look foolish for sort of bouncing him in and out and in and out. Or he does come back positive, and uh, that's real bad. Like, it, <laughs> like that's the <laughs> did you basically screw up the whole entire NBA season? I don't know what say all yeah. the season, but I mean, you got really the Raptors are going to sit there and have games that they have to sit there and replay and well not necessarily because you got to remember they get tested every day so you know kd was tested prior to the game and he was negative so chances of him contracting is probably pretty slim just based on unless unless he was in contact with this person after his test which we don't know that 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 means that the whole arena is contaminated then pretty much 100 percent. pretty much yeah if i I think Part of the gray area here is that I'm pretty sure there's many cases where you can, you could contract it, and then get a test and show a negative right. because it has it can it can incubate for like four or five days or whatever, right? Yeah. So, yes, I get that understanding, but if there's a chance of that, anyways, either you postpone the game because he's a superstar, or just pull. or pull him. Yeah, like get like you got two other superstars there, like. Not maybe not as big big as as him, but yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but it in times like this, it doesn't matter what your name is or how good of a player you are. The protocol is the protocol, and it should be followed. And it should be if they follow the protocol, and this is the result, then the protocol should be rewritten, revamped. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So he was out. Uh, Katie was out. Then he didn't fly to Philadelphia for Saturday's game versus the Sixers. Uh, and I'm not a hundred percent sure, uh, if they played on Sunday, I highly doubt they played Sunday. If they played Saturday, today being Monday, they could be playing. And I'm not sure if he is potentially playing or not. Well, the Raptors flew up to Atlanta then to play too. Yeah. Yep. So aren't they like contaminated then too? Like, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's possible, but again, I'm so confused on this. I don't think it counts if you're a close contact of a close contact. <laughs> So if he gets if he gets COVID in the next couple of days, then the Raps probably then we're then, yeah, and then Atlanta, 
Yeah, like you're just spreading this virus everywhere, man. Like it's a mess. It's just a mess. Just looking up to see uh if he ended up playing on the Saturday, which I don't believe he did. No, he didn't play on the Saturday. And is he playing? Are they even playing today? No, they don't play today. So they don't play until tomorrow in Detroit, the Nets. So who knows what's going to go on? I doubt he plays that game either. Well, it's going to depend. I mean, if he's taking another couple more tests and he's negative, they're going to put him in there, right? Yep. So, and that's not a, that's a league thing. Like, obviously we've, we saw that he was in and out, in and out. So they're, You know, they, they definitely want everybody on the court, but the rules aren't really rigid at all. They're seem like Peter said, there's a lot of gray area. It seems like for sure. So kind of sticking with COVID-19 and the NBA, apparently the all-star game is going to still go. Um, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it probably it should. It's, you know, it's kind of a fun spectacle. It doesn't mean anything from a season standpoint, an all-star game is for the fans. And if fans can't be there, what's the, po- what's the point of having one? <laughs> you know, not to mention that you've got every every team has their own bubble that they're in. And now you're splitting up that bubble by taking one or two players from that team. And now you're putting them on a new team, which is obviously that all-star team. But now, you know, now the Raptors, you know, if let's say Lowry makes it and you got LeBron and you've got Giannis and you've got Harden. And now all these guys from different teams are all coming together. KD would probably make it. So now if he's got the virus, you know, well, who knows? It, it's uh, it's kind of a goofy thing. Yeah. KD is going to cough on everyone and just make a mess of it. I assume it's just about making money at this point And they probably get some good TV ratings out of the roster game. And they're just, Deciding, hey, we're going to make some money here. Yeah, it might be a bit of a risk, but we're going to go ahead. So what happens if all the players sit there and say, no, I'm not going to go? Are they going to fine them? There's, they, they there's charge them? some with the uh, NBA PA. They can't. They, if, if they say they have to play, they have to play. But there's been no all-star games for any other, other teams. Like, no one w- wants yeah. to do it. The Pro Bowl didn't even go this year. The Pro Bowl was done on the on a EA Sports game. It's a joke, anyways. But I, I know what you're saying. It's it's. I mean, really, that comes down to the to the players' association. You know, not uh, putting their foot down type thing and saying no, we're not playing a a stupid ass All Star game because what's the point? You know, all about safety, uh, isn't it? Exactly. It's supposed to be so. So why are they why are they doing this? You know, and the, the players don't seem to be in favor of it either. Like we've heard we've heard LeBron, Giannis, uh, Harden, Kawhi all say like, why are we doing this? What's the point? You're why are we putting on a spectacle in a pandemic type thing? Yeah, but Peter, how much money are they gonna actually like get from this? Probably a good chunk. I bet you their TV ratings for the All Star Game are significant. Like basketball is probably one of the better leagues in terms of All Star games, but it's actually watchable. Yeah, they're probably number two behind baseball. Yeah. yeah. And that's just because baseballs mean something. Yeah, no, the, the baseball. Well, you can play a real game yeah. in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, that's the thing, too, is they got their own little niche where they got the dunk contest and the home run. Three points. Right. So, like, those things, like, are like kind of like mini games, you could say. And those are enjoyable for us to watch. Like, you could do a home run derby. That's not that hard. But at the same time, you bring all these players again from all the teams again. Why bother risk it? Like, 
you're just trying to keep the the game moving on or the the season moving on to cripple your season yeah for sure i think i think they need to eliminate it and uh you know whether you take the time off or not maybe you just keep rolling the season i think maybe part of the fear i guess it doesn't really matter because you only got 20 guys that are going to the all-star game but the rest of the league gets to go home you know or or wherever and are they is the nba potentially worried about them going outside of their bubble you know going to see other people and and this and that and i mean that's going to happen regardless whether they have an all-star game or not because the non-all-stars are not you know they're going to go home they're going to do whatever they're allowed to um they're going to the rippers and they're licking stripper bowls let's be honest <laughs> well, he's not they're not Dwayne Haskins here okay that's a funny thing is uh in Tampa Tampa is known for like having the most uh strippers like strip joints there and uh I guess they were hurting for business during Super Bowl week and everything like that <laughs> they had so many protocols in uh in place for that for them and uh just the girls had to get tested all the time and obviously more than just COVID they need to be tested for. But <laughs> it was, it was, what else, Jeff? It was, it was a funny, uh, funny the, the, like how many, uh, the business was not doing well during Super Bowl week when, where it usually like kills apparently. I bet Florida strippers are extra nasty, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that? <laughs> it's hard to explain. It's, have you ever seen the Florida man memes? No. 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 Florida man fights a gator or whatever. Florida is just a special, special kind of place. And strippers in Florida, I imagine, are extra special too. <laughs> Which I have no concrete evidences of whatsoever. Never been to a strip club in Florida. Just want to throw that out there. Not yet. Well, when this is all said and done, maybe we should all go to Florida. Watch everyone from Florida download the stream now. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Florida. So I think we're all in agreement that the All-Star game playing it in any sport at this point is stupid, just based on COVID-19. Obviously, in a standard season, it's no issues. I think it's a it's a fun thing to do, uh, even if it is shit like the Pro Bowl and, and the uh, NHL game. But uh but at least it's, it is that spectacle. And, you know, at least the NHL has the skills competition and stuff, which is kind of cool um, that way. But so we have a, a trade in the NBA. It's kind of a semi-big trade, I guess. Derek Rose traded to the Knicks for Dennis Smith Jr. And a 2021 second round pick going back to Detroit. I don't think that's a horrible deal for either team. I think Derek Rose is going to help out the Knicks now. And, uh, you know, Detroit sucks, so that second-round pick is going to definitely help out in the future as long as they make a good pick. How many yeah. teams did this guy Derek Rose gone to? Is he like another cancer in the room? Is that why no one wants him? He was on the Knicks before once. Yeah, but he's also gone through Chicago. Didn't he go through somewhere else? I only remember the Knicks, Chicago, and Detroit. I don't know. I mean, I just don't see is this guy like a Yeah, like he was with Minnesota as well. But he hasn't really played with a whole lot of talent either around him. That's true. Yeah. And some guys just move teams a few times in their career. Doesn't mean they're a cancer cab. Oh, <laughs> sometimes they are, man. I mean, but he's like, also sometimes. he's also moved just about every year, though. Like he started 2016, right. 2017 with the Knicks, 2017, 2018 with the Cavs, 2018, 2019 with the Wolves. 
Cavs and uh, 2019 they, to 2021 with the Pistons. So like his longest tenure was with the Pistons for two years, just recently. Right. So, so again, is, is this guy a cancer in the room? No one wants him. Okay. Maybe no, I'm, I'm turning, I'm coming over to maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know enough about, about Derek Rose to, to uh, speculate on it, whether he's a, a cancer or not, but it does seem a little odd that, you know, he's, he's gone through that many teams. I don't know, man, but you got to think where there's smoke, there's fire. And like, he, ha- he hasn't made a lot of noise anywhere. So like, maybe he just takes the highest bidder kind of thing like that. Like, I get that what you're saying he comes with a bunch of teams and he's, but he hasn't been on a lot of good teams. Yeah, fair enough. See, well, he was with the bulls from 08 to 2016. So there's long tenure there. And then after that was basically a year, 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 Ooh. year. So should have challenged. Either way, it's a trade. It's NBA news. Uh, I think you're going to start seeing a little bit more talk about trades coming up. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when the NBA trade trade deadline is, but uh, you know, obviously, there's going to be lots of talk as that comes up. March 25th is the trade deadline, so we're not too far away. There's only uh, only a you know a month and a half type thing to go. Um, so I think you're going to start seeing more more trade rumors. Uh, and some more trades with trades and some rumors here touching on the Raptors. I've heard that uh, Lowry might be being shipped off, which I don't like, but uh, what? Um, no. I've, I've heard that he might be, he's on the heats uh, trade radar. And I've also heard that the Raps are interested in Andre Drummond put at center, which I'd be all right with. I wouldn't want to give up Lowry for him, but you got to give up something good. So that would seriously throw a cog in what we discussed last week about Lowry being the greatest Raptor would, of all time. He would still be. I think cool. he still is, but yeah, me too. But that would throw a hurdle into him making, uh, uh, beating uh, DeRozan's yeah. points numbers. It's a stretch anyway. He's got to play. I think, I think we talked about, I think it was two or three years scoring the same amount as he does. I don't know if he's going to be sticking around for two or three years. That's, that's going to be more the problem than anything. But didn't we all see this coming anyways? We all knew he's not going to stay. Isn't that why they, they did a big signing for Van Vliet? Yeah, I think I think it's maybe not rebuild time in Toronto, but retool, yeah. retool time. For sure. I mean, you know, you got to look at a team, you know, maybe a, a, a higher-end team like, you know, I'm going to use the Lakers as an example. They're not necessarily a team that's going to be looking for a, a guy like Lowry, but – somebody that's going to compete now to, to win a, uh, a championship. Cause sorry, boys, the raps aren't going to do it this year, but I mean, they might, might make the playoffs and then they can potentially make some noise, but it's, it's a, that's a big, it's a big F. So, but if they can, if they can uh, trade them and get some, some value out of them for a younger guy or some picks, uh, you know, can work out for the best. Obviously we don't want to see a player of his caliber, and, you know, a player of his, uh, you know, the tenure and everybody, pretty much everybody loves Lowry in Toronto. So to see him go will suck, but, you know, it is what it is. And if it ends up being better for the team, then, you know, so be it. It is a business. So, yeah. Better shout out to Van Fleet for the highest scoring Raptor in a game. Yep, sure. At, at 54 points there. And he was on fire. Hell of a game. Yeah. 11 threes. Like he was and like they weren't even easy threes. They were like far off, far off the line. I wouldn't say can, a whole lot of them are contested. He was just far, deep. They were deep threes. Just feeling it. Oh, he was. And like he was even. I just heard an interview, and it was on Tim and Sid. 
and he was saying like he would he said he could have probably got 60 but they don't have a winning record so he just wanted to win the game so he just kind of played ball control and and uh, ran to the basket a few times because he had a lot of open lanes because everyone thought he was going to be shooting more threes near the end there right and he i think he only missed like two shots for the three so which is also crazy yeah that's pretty good uh, percentage there yeah and, I, and i'm not sure how many uh, actual shots he took but i think it was less than 25 but man was that that was a wild game i i was watching i only turned it on because i saw everything going on trending on tw- twitter and stuff about it and uh he they just kept passing the ball and everything like that, and he would just drive to the net at the end there. So he was 17 for 23, which is 73.9% from the field, 11 for 14 from three point, which is 78.6%, and perfect nine for nine from the free throw line. So less than 25 shots, and he made it to 54 points. Yep, that's crazy. Yeah, that's for an undrafted player, too, right. Yeah, that was uh, a good pickup uh, a few years ago there by the Raps, and and he's uh, obviously the the contract that he he was given obviously uh, showed how much the Raps value him and and how good of a player he is, and and he's uh, you know the the league talks about him, and not just about those 40, uh, 54 points, but you know I, I've heard multiple times where you know when you get LeBron talking about you saying that you're a pretty damn good player, you know it usually means good things. So uh, nice to see him kick some ass and the Raps were on a three game winning streak. They lost the one game. I believe it was Friday night, but uh, you know, hopefully they're turning a quarter corner and can start winning a few more games and uh, can maybe sneak into that uh, eighth spot in the playoffs. And like I said, then they can potentially make some noise. But again, if you finish eighth, you're, you're playing number one. So it's going to be pretty tough to face uh, the Sixers or the Bucks in the first round. You don't have Kawhi to make that shot. So you know, it could be tough, but who knows what will happen. There's lots of time. Missing the two bigs has clearly just devastated the defense. Absolutely, and that's why they're looking at maybe going after a guy like Andre Drummond to, to shore up that position, and Andre Drummond's better than both of those, both Ibaka and, and Gasol combined. So uh, I think that would be a great pickup. Yeah. It's just a matter of what the cost is going to be going back the other way. It very well could be a guy like like Kyle going the other way because they're not going to get – they're not likely going to trade – they're not trading Van Vliet. They're likely not going to trade Siakam. And do you really want to give up a guy like Boucher who's been tearing it up? You know, probably not. And the other young guys haven't uh, proven themselves yet. So unless somebody sees something that we haven't, which is very possible. Well, last week we were talking about uh, the MLS and Josie Altador and wanting out of Toronto. I have not heard anything about that since uh, the, tr- the January transfer window had closed so he's not going to be going anywhere until the next transfer window. Meanwhile, since, since that has been going on, uh, the MLS and the MLSPA have reached a tentative agreement uh, on a revised CBA, which means that training camp should start February 22nd, which is a week and a half or so away from now. And that would put the season start April 3rd or so. So the new, the new CBA extends uh, the current one for two years to 2027. Players don't have to take any salary cuts this year uh there's no word on if they will have to in the future and the only reason they would have to would be because of covid and uh, obviously the the league is taking uh, some losses right now so they feel that why shouldn't the the players should also take a bit of a loss there and you know i i see both sides of that so yeah i agree the players they're making some pretty good cash maybe they could you know take a 
take a small cut to help out the owners and to help out the league. But at the same time, those guys are still worth that money. This is the same argument of last year with the MLB when the GMs wanted the the superstars to take money, mm-hmm. and they they did forfeit. They did a lot of players aren't forfeiting a fair amount of money anyways because they only get they only get paid if they play right. So yep, for sure, I'm more of a pro player more or less. So like I get what they're saying. They don't want to be paying for them. They're making a lot of money like. The thing is, sports franchises make a ton and ton of money. I know this year and or last year and this year are are down years, but this is uh, hasn't been really that bad. Like they're still going to be making money, but from what they've made from the years before, like it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Depends on the team. Like there's a ton of teams and a ton of leagues that are not profitable. And if it weren't for revenue sharing in the leagues, they wouldn't be afloat. So I get what you're saying. There's a lot of teams. That okay, are... I'll, I'll agree with you that like NBA and uh, hockey teams, but there's a lot of baseball teams that have no problem. A lot of and NFL is fine. Yeah, there's no problem with the NFL. <laughs> Yeah, like some baseball teams could use some help. Like the Miami Marlins are fucking shit and they don't have a team around them. Now they're starting because of all the picks and whatnot, they're starting to build up some prospects and, you know, but they could definitely use the revenue sharing and whatnot. So either way, so the MLS, you know, they, uh, they're apparently going to get some improved free agency. What that means, I don't know. It wasn't really clear when I was looking into it. <laughs> And uh, in 2027, which is, you know, seems like a really long time from now. A really so that's how long, long time. the new, CB, the new uh, revised CBA will go to. But apparently they, the players are going to get a 10% across the board salary increase. I'd be all right if my boss told me I was getting a 10% salary increase in five years. Because, I mean, hopefully I still get increases <laughs> but in those five years and then get the 10%. But 10% isn't a huge amount, but it's, uh, it's still something, especially when you're making a million bucks, right? I would just take 10% any, anytime. <laughs> we should kind of carry on and just finish this off here, boys. And let's just get into our penalty box. Do it. Well, I personally, I'm putting TSN in my box today. I can't believe what they did to their, their casting. I, I just abruptly, you know, TSN personalities, Dan O'Toole. Natasha Stanwinski. Staniszewski. Good effort. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I tried. Brett Wallace, 23 years with them. I just don't get how, you know, you you do this to people. I just, oh my. And why why Dan? Get rid of Jay. I'd prefer, <laughs> I'd prefer Dan That's O'Toole the real on argument. Than, than, than Jay. Oh my God. I, I just, I can't believe they've done this. I mean, it, you, you talk about a, a company that sit there and has, you know, the Bell Media along with them about this, you know, the talks, you know, like they just get talking in it and it just blows my mind how they can sit there and do that to people. I just don't get it. I think the whole thing with Dan was was because of the mental health stuff. Right. But they didn't, again, why isn't that what Bell Media is all about? Mental health. And all Apparently this isn't things. the first time that they've done this with like they, they love like throwing these guys out that they deal with these guys with mental health. Well, this isn't just a, a one or two person thing. Like there's hundreds no, of people no, that are like, no, oh, I know, I know. But so like, it's, it's, I don't think it has anything to do with mental health. I think it has everything to do with dollars. No, I'm saying for the, for the, for getting rid of Dan instead of Jay. 
oh well maybe that might be the real reasoning but they're never going to say that that's the reasoning so <laughs> so you can't speculate no. that 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 was the reason so but I, they'd be in court so yeah. fucking fast i understand what you're saying kev you know it is disappointing you know you know they've they've all all those three that you mentioned have been around for a while and then i'm sure there's many many more that have been been along around for for maybe just as long the big thing is is that there was no notice like they didn't give anybody like o'toole finished his show and then was told that he's done right that's how brutal is that you know you should go look that go look at dan go look at his twitter account oh my god he's setting off i mean like 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 tasha did it smart kind of deal i mean she was like praising and thanking them but i mean come on I'm more disappointed about her than any of them. She was, I thought she was a great uh, anchor. I wasn't a real big fan of the uh, Dan and Jay show anyway. Not really. It's, but... it's really, uh, you gotta, you gotta like that comedy to, to enjoy that, that show, but they still got all the info out there and still the highlights and whatnot. But um, yeah, but yeah, Kev, I understand where you're coming from there, you know, for them to uh, just blindside everybody was, was not a good thing. And I mean, their bottom line, the, their stock prices haven't gone down. So I don't see like they're obviously not making, not losing that much money. I mean, you got to think if everybody's sitting at home right now, what are they doing? You're watching TV, you're on the internet. So these guys aren't losing money in my opinion. Nope. So, so what, what, you know, obviously they're going to say that COVID is their, is their reasoning and they're cutting back and retooling and, and uh, that thing, but restructuring, I guess would be the way to say it. But if you're not losing money, why are you putting all these people out of work that have been with you for so long? Right. I mean, like Jay and Dan, over 20 some odd years together. I mean, like, and they, they don't forget, guys, they went to ESPN and then came back. It was uh, Fox, man. Yeah, Fox. Yeah, ESPN was, Fox. No, they're, they're, two, they're two different. Oh, they're... Guy, you got to throw out that challenge. Yeah, you got to challenge don't it just, before don't you just correct. Out, yeah. yeah, too late, too bad. But, you know, I, I, that's, I already that's, got that's Josh my penalty box. Play, so. That's my penalty box, guys. I mean, TSN. Don't settle for one, Jesse. <laughs> Yeah, I, I let you. I let you off too, and you said that Harbaugh is the only good uh, yeah. college. Not to mention team. earlier today, I said Spets have played for eight teams. That's not. Good at all. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> that when you said that. I'm like, wait, what? I, I, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that myself. I had something I heard, and I think he maybe scored it against eight different teams. I don't know. Anyway, here, this isn't yeah. Texas Hold'em. You don't need a bluff. You me. boys are gutless. <laughs> you should have challenged that shit. All right, Jesse, who's in your penalty box? All right, so it's John Gruden. He went on Chris Collinworth's uh, podcast there with uh, Richard Sherman was on. So they're chatting and everything like that. And he goes to ask him because he knows he's going to be an FA free agent in the offseason. If you're looking for anywhere, and we would really appreciate you if you came to Oakland and everything like that. Now, the new league year has not started. So this is illegal tampering. So this could easily, you could easily lose a couple. Oakland could use a couple of picks. Yeah. Draft picks and everything like that. And he could also be fined as well. So that's the reason he's in my penalty box. He's just not, you, you've seen him as a, like the broadcaster of ESPN Monday night football and everything like that. And he said some pretty goofy things there, but <laughs> with, with all in all, he is an entertainer, but like, like when it just seems like whenever the mic's in front of him or the camera's in front of him, he just needs to be, just kind of make a fool of himself sometimes and he's just kind of goofy like that but that's the reason why he's my penalty box because he's hurting uh oakland's chances because i i haven't heard anything come down yet but it, it's still a long time before the year begins in march the new new league years ends and begins in march 
Okay, so in my penalty box this week is New York Rangers defenseman Tony D'Angelo. This guy is an excellent defenseman. He's a right shot defenseman. Not a lot of them in the league. He was tied for fourth last year in scoring among defensemen. Like, he's a good defenseman. Earlier this week, after a loss in overtime, where him and their goaltender, Georgiev, had a miscommunication uh, that led to the overtime winner for Pittsburgh. Apparently, there were some words shared after the fact from D'Angelo to Georgiev, and that led to some fisticuffs between Georgiev and D'Angelo, which I think was uh, was the last straw in New York for uh, Tony D'Angelo. I've also heard that it might have had something to do with, uh, I forget the guy's name, but Ricky scored his first goal. Apparently, D'Angelo kept the puck on him, and as a bit of a prank, but I guess no one else found it funny. So everyone likes to keep their first goal puck. Are you talking about Lafreniere? No. No, it's that new rookie. I forget his name. That Stitzel. No, negative. That's an Ottawa challenge. Oh, sorry. That's right. My bad. <laughs> we won't count that one. Anyway, um, I forget his name. So their GM, Jeff Gordon, has come out and said that uh, D'Angelo, after this altercation, that was the last draw. He's played his last game as a New York Ranger. He was put on waivers by the team earlier this week, and he cleared waivers. Every team in the NHL had a chance to grab this guy, and nobody took him up on it. And, I mean, like I said, he's a good defenseman. He's a right-shot defenseman. Leafs have been looking for a good one for long as I've been a Leaf fan, seems like. So it, it truly says something about this guy. I think he's probably going to get bought out soon if he can't get traded, and he's probably going to cost himself something like, I, I think I read this, something like $4 bucks. he's going to cost himself if he gets bought out. And really, it's all just a result of him being an asshole and not getting along with, with his teammates. Yeah, it's tough. He, he was drafted 19th overall by Tampa. He didn't last in Tampa. He got traded to Arizona. He didn't last there. He got traded in New York. Uh, even in junior, he, he's had a reputation for just being a cancer, like Kevin likes to say. I don't know if he gets another chance. This might be the last drop for him, which is too bad because he's a talented guy. If he's cleared waivers, that pretty well means that not a single team wants him, right? You got it. I mean, obviously, you got to drop somebody get to, to pick him up type thing or, or whatever, but... But yeah, if nobody wants him right now, and it was pretty much a freebie, just take on his old contract and literally, and you got any him, team so. could have had him for free. So it's uh, it's interesting that nobody wants to even take a chance on him. Although next year's a new year's, you know, so you never know. They somebody might bring him in and and have him from uh, from training camp Seattle. type thing. And don't forget, boy, Seattle comes in next year, right? Uh, they'd be dumb to pick him. Well, that's the thing is they got to pick. It's not just like you go here, you go here. They choose who they want, right? So. When you don't, you have so many players and goalies and such you have to put yeah. up. You have to, as a team, like if you were the Leafs, you have X amount of players that you can protect and then everybody else is fair game. Yeah. Right. So obviously you protect the superstars. You probably protect your goalie if he's, a, if he's a good goalie. And then, you know, so there's a possibility that, you know, Simmons can be taken because he's not going to get protected, right? So they're there just as an example, right? So yeah, yeah. So I have heard that uh, there's rumors, at least in New York land, of a Sam Bennett for Tony D'Angelo trade. Wow. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense for Calgary. I don't know if they would do that. They could have just taken the guy of waivers if they wanted him. So I don't know if that's New York fans being hopeful, hopefully optimistic, but. 
that's a rumor I've heard out there, but uh, I don't think this guy gets moved, and I think we're going to see him get bought out. Josh, your penalty box. So in my penalty box is courtside Karen. Courtside Karen. <laughs> Isn't she a beaut? so to kind of go over uh, what happened uh apparently lebron and courtside karen whose actual name is juliana uh apparently he got into it with her husband uh whose name is chris carlos he's a tech businessman uh he's you know he's got all kinds of money he's got courtside seats lebron and him got into it LeBron ends up saying something to the effect of uh, calling this Chris guy an old steroid ass. So basically like telling this old steroid ass to sit down type thing. And that basically set courtside Karen off. Uh, she, you know, starts lipping, uh, lipping LeBron and this, that, the other thing. LeBron allegedly turns around and says, sit down, bitch. Or sorry, sit the fuck down, bitch. Uh, <laughs> and so you know, there's a there's an altercation between them. Uh, she ends up getting ejected along with her husband and two other people. And you know, it's just kind of funny because there's no fans right now, or minimal fans. So as a fan, you should be fucking happy that you're there watching this game. And I understand that chirping goes on when I'm at, a, at any game. I chirp everybody I can, especially when I'm in the outfield at Jays games. But good on LeBron for, yeah, he chirped back, but he didn't lose his cool. He just, he just took it as, as a, as a pro athlete would, but this chick just goes off her fucking rocker and, and chirp, chirp, chirp. And she thinks she's a superstar. Now, let me just, let me just uh, lay it down for you here. Um, this, this woman is a Instagram influencer and a YouTube makeup tutorial. Uh, that, that's her career. That's her job. Uh, no yeah, offense, gold yeah. yeah, like no offense <laughs> to those people, but there isn't a whole lot of education needed for that. How how old is she, Josh? Would you say? Without looking, she's in her twenties, and the and I think she said she 50s. was like twenty five or twenty six. How something. old is her husband? Would you say? I think he's fifty five, fifty six. He's older than Kev, that's for sure. I think I heard he's in his sixties. So she is a stereotypical gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> so after she gets booted you know obviously it's pretty much said and done uh at least for the game uh lebron afterwards says that you know he likes fan interaction and doesn't think that she should have got booted he may have just been saying that but whatever it is what it is and then later on uh he ended up tweeting that uh courtside karen was mad mad <laughs> mad which, mad. mad mad which was pretty funny <laughs> so she's in my box because why do you got to be so stupid? Like, like I said, chirp away. But like the big thing with chirping and uh, which I've found when it, uh, in the many sports games that I've been to is you cannot, you can't curse. You can't curse. You're, every time you curse, you're going to get hell from the ushers. You're going to get tossed. But if you are, if you're chirping with, you know, not necessarily proper grammar, but with, with good words that are still ripping the player, nobody really cares. People laugh and think it's, think it's a good time. So, why not choose your words a little better? Chirp him. Let him chirp back. And if you can get him kicked out of the game, you know, because he was chirping back and maybe, you know, who knows what the refs would have done in that point had he had LeBron lost his cool. But so she's in the box. She, she, uh, the next day she, she posted on her, on her Instagram account that she was, uh, she was sorry for losing her cool. Did you see, hear what she did that night though? 
like on her Instagram? Yeah, so she posted some videos talking more shit. Then... She said she would fuck up LeBron. She's like 125 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> like, come on. You can't, like, you think that's going to actually happen? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to get it within three feet of LeBron, first off. Yeah. But, but then to try and hit him and whatever so so this crazy lady she's in my penalty box she definitely deserves a few minutes in there just to calm herself down you're you're not chirping even kyle lowry for instance you're you know you're not you're not chirping andrew wiggins you're deandre jordan yeah that's the i don't like him i think he's an idiot so and he's not very good at basketball in my opinion so you're not chirping him you're chirping the best player right now in basketball like you know something's going to come of this so apparently the Atlanta Hawks were investigating her. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what they'd be investigating, whether they'd be kind of looking at maybe banning her or what have you, but either way, you're a moron, you know, say what you want to say, but like you said, like Jesse said, you don't call him out and say you're going to fight him and you're going to beat his ass and this and that. And, you know, she thinks she's hot shit because she owns uh, courtside seats that really she doesn't own. Her husband does. <laughs> Stay off the court. Think- like what the fuck? I think the reason she got kicked out was because she went on the court and because she dropped her mask. She pulled her yell, mask down, yeah. To, to, yell, to yell, and that's why she got kicked out, I think. Either way, courtside Karen is in my box this week. Deserving, deserving. All right, let's move on to the uh, scores or points and penalties. First and foremost, we came up with a new rule in the points and penalties game because we were all gutless last episode and there was not a single challenge. We decided... We would all be docked a point, minus one for everybody, for not having any challenges in the last episode. And that will continue. If we don't challenge again, we'll get minus one. Yeah, and we apologize for that, because that's gutless. Gutless. Anyway, moving on. So today's scores, Jesse was the only one with the fucking cojones on him today. Challenged Josh twice, won both times. Uh, Once on Chris Davis and the teams he played for. The right Chris Davis, and uh, and then <laughs> technically wasn't wrong, damn it. <laughs> Technicalities don't count, and uh, and on Bill Russell having more championships than Michael Jordan. So Jesse is plus two today. Josh is minus two. That brings the overall season scores, including the dock of a point for everyone, to plus one for Peter, minus one for Kevin. Dead even for Jesse and minus four for Josh. Bringing up the rear, but bringing up the rear. We're not too worried. We we believe in Josh. We know he's going to come back. Don't you worry, fans out there. Don't be afraid. Either that, or you guys are going to lose points, and that's how I'll catch uh, up. So, <laughs> however it works, right? All right, let's move on to how was your drink? Yes. So, how was your drink, Peter? My drink. It was good. It was. Uh, it's a craft beer. It was hoppy. It's a bit strong, uh, which is no problem. Tastes good. I'm happy. Moving on. Jesse, how was your drink? My nickel broke was fantastic, and I like the strong beers. It was a very, very good beer, and it was got me a little drunk right How away. How strong was your beer, Jesse? You did, I don't think you told us. Was it like 7% or something? Yeah, it was 7% your bitch-ass 6.5%. Yosh, how was your bitch 6.5? Wow. wow. <laughs> so my Flying Monkey Juicy Ass IPA was quite nice. Uh, like, like I said, a little hoppy. It is a strong beer, 6.5%. Had a uh, bit of a citrusy flavor to it. And uh, 
up, you know, the first sip was meh. The second sip was all right. And the uh, 10th or 15th sip was, this is good. So uh, I enjoyed this one. I would, I would get this again. So what you're saying is you, you like the juicy ass. I like juicy ass. Yep. <laughs> I might put that on the, on my to get list. Juicy sounds ass. good. It sounds good. <laughs> uh, Kevin, how was your drink? My steam whistle was absolutely phenomenal. I love it. Where it's the Canadian premium pills. I can't believe you didn't have Murphy's Law. I had Murphy's Law today. I did, but I wasn't going to go three episodes in a row. There's some awesome Murphy's Laws that I've been drinking today, but the steam whistle went down nice five in. So, just to be clear, you know. we do not have a sponsorship for Murphy's Law. Kevin just likes it that much. I love Murphy's Law. If you've never had it, go get it. Did anyone have anything special for the Super Bowl or is it just regular beer? I was drinking Canadian. Just regular beer, man. Yeah. Yeah. Coors Original. I got, I got, I've, I got into the captain last night. Nice. Attaboy. I, I, how to make it a little interesting. Jesse and rum <laughs> do not mix. I can tell you from experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, it mixes. He mixes fine as long as it's not 151. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the overproof that I struggle with. <laughs> Kev, uh, on your uh, your steam whistle there, uh, the other week you said you've got some passes for Murphy's Law. I'm pretty yes, sure the last time I was at a Jays game, which was two years ago because of COVID, I believe now, I I was walking down and and I was handed a handful of uh, of passes for the steam whistle brewery. So. So uh, maybe this uh, this summer, if we're allowed out, maybe we'll uh, four of us will go on a podcast tour of uh, of Steam Whistle, and then maybe we make our way over to Murphy's Law on the same day. That'd be amazing. I don't know, I don't know how we're going to get home, but uh, we'll figure you it out. You boys can crash in my condo. There's not a lot of beds, but you can find some spot on the floor. So I guess we're going to sign this off for everyone here. Points and penalties. Thank you for listening. Give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Points Penalties. Until next time. Stay out of the penalty box.